So during the first month of this year, we've been taking some time to remind ourselves of our, our shared values, which, as I, I mentioned this last week and, and the week before, are, are like the markers along a path that keep us from, from wandering too far off course or, or getting too deep into the wilderness. They're, they're really a set of convictions that are, are connected to one another and remain constant regardless of what the world throws our way. And the hope is that they, they permeate, they kind of seep into everything that we do. So in the first week of the year, we talked about caring respect and how we believe that every single person is created in God's image, regardless of what that person believes or, or whether or not that person recognizes that they themselves are created in God's image. They still bear the image of God. And because of that reality, we are called to respect one another. And then last week, we looked at Psalm 46 and John 15, which reminds us that, that God loves us, that God meets us wherever we are on our journey, and that God moves with us along that journey. And so this morning, we're, we're talking about the value of community. It's something we've been reminded of during this, this last year or so, really where most of us have spent more time than we're used to in isolation, separated from one another. The truth is we are created for community, to gather together, for, for celebration and, and, and for fellowship, and to share our gifts and our talents in meaningful work. It's what's behind the, the end of the passage from, from Hebrews that J.R. read earlier. Let us provoke one another to love and to good deeds, not neglecting to meet, but encouraging one another as we look forward toward the future. So, so even in this time, in the season, during this pandemic, we've seen this value lived out in our congregation. But we've learned new skills to, to put together these digital services and meet online each and every week. And again, a big thank you to those of you who, who were maybe used to singing up here in our, our choir loft and are now learning to sing into your phone. And to those who learned how, how to use Zoom and to connect with one another over social media, again, community, it's just a part of who we are. We've met safely, distanced in parking lots and in parks. We've done drive-through food drives. We've, we've packed lunches from our homes. We've donated to our mission partners uh, online. We've found ways to bring what we have and share it in community. We've found ways to be engaged, even in the most trying of times. This, this is a value that runs deep at WPC. Our second scripture passage this morning comes from, from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And the Apostle Paul is, is writing and, and uses an illustration that he uses often that many of us are familiar with. Uh, he, he at least includes it in his letter to, to Rome and the church in Ephesus. And it's the picture of the body or a picture of the church being one body with many members. And, and he talks about how the spirit functions here in Corinthians, writing that there's a, a tangible change that takes place in the life of a community and in a person's life when the Holy Spirit is present. At one point or another, there had been a, a debate in, in Corinth among Christians about how the Holy Spirit worked, how it looked. We don't know a whole lot about that debate, but, but most scholars believe that at least a part of the reason that Paul 
wrote this letter was to address the confusion uh, around the debate. And so he, he writes this. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, is, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between Spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of the one and the same Spirit. And he distributes them to each other, just as he, the Spirit, determines. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, in the the rest of, of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul explains the the, the, the one body, many members illustration. Everybody is a part of the body, and, and everybody is important and necessary to that body. It's the spirit that, that pulls the parts together, and, and when one part of the body suffers, we all hurt. So during this pandemic, we've, we've been reminded of that reality daily. The phrase that was tossed around early on in this pandemic was that we're, we're all in this together. And it almost just felt kind of cliche or even like, like marketing. That is until someone we directly knew was, was impacted personally, either by the virus itself or by the, the shutdowns of businesses and schools. And all of a sudden we realized we all are really connected. As the effects hit closer and closer to home, statistics became people, numbers became stories. We see the collective body beginning to suffer. So when Paul uses the word member, he's not picturing some sort of club with dues and traditions or or uniforms. It's so much more. Being being a member of the body of Christ means you are, are living you are a living and active organ or limb, and you're, you function, the way that you function has a direct impact on every other part of the body. And so, as you think about your role here at, at WPC, what, what does it look like? How, how does what you do in the life of our church impact everyone else? I fully believe that we are at our best as a church when everyone Every one of us plays a role, from the youngest to the oldest, from those who have been here for two months to those who have been here for the entire 50-plus years of Westminster Westlake's existence. The way we as a church live into Paul's vision for Christian community in today's world, the way that we we do this is by having 100% participation from everyone in our congregation. Now, not all necessarily in the same ministry area, but in some way, shape, or form, we're all called to engage with our time, with our talent, and with our treasure. So in the the world of of biblical scholarship and interpretation, 
that there are two terms that are often thrown around. There, there's exegesis, and, and exegesis is where we, we attempt to pull meaning out of Scripture. It's when we, we pay attention to culture and language. It's what we did last week when we talked about the, the, the meaning, for the, the Greek meaning for the word abide and, and what it might mean in today's vernacular. So there's exegesis, and then there's eisegesis. Exegesis tries to pull out. Eisegesis puts or imposes our own understanding and experience onto the text. So in scholarly circles and translation circles, eisegesis is often seen as this kind of dirty word. Not because our own experience is invalid or or unimportant, but because it's disingenuous at the least and downright dangerous at, at the worst to place meanings on words that were never intended. And sometimes, sometimes when we, we think of, of membership, we think of membership in a community of faith or belonging to a church, that's, that's exactly what we do. It's the eisegesis part. We, we read our membership into what scripture says. We, we look at other groups that we belong to and we allow the way that we participate in those groups to, to dictate our involvement with the church. And, and I'm not so sure that the image that, that Paul paints always fits those other groups. Or, or at least, I'm, I'm not so sure it should. In, in Paul's mind, with, with this sort of illustration, I, I believe the church is intended to look different than, than the PTA or, or Little League or, or Rotary groups or political parties. And I'm not at all saying it's wrong to belong to those groups. and it, It's definitely not. In fact, I, I believe that a big part of fulfilling our role of loving God and loving our neighbors is to belong in those places, is to be a part of those groups. But generally, that there's something other than the Holy Spirit tying those groups together. And if it's not the Holy Spirit that's connecting the church, whew, we're in trouble if it's not the Holy Spirit connecting the church. Because then we've lost sight of our shared identity. The prophetic texts in the, in the Hebrew scriptures, they're powerful, are full of powerful imagery. And one of my favorite Old Testament passages speaks of the spirit breathing life into a body. It's a passage Pastor John uh, and I have mentioned plenty of times. He, he preached on it not too long ago. Ezekiel chapter 37. We see the, the image of a valley of dry bones. And the Lord asks, can these bones live? And Ezekiel responds, I prophesied. I prophesied as I was commanded. And and the bones, they started rattling together, then forming with with tendons and and skin. And and at the end of the vision, the Lord tells Ezekiel to, to tell the people, to say to the people, you will live and know that I am Lord when I breathe my spirit in you. Friends, we are at our best as a church when we all engage. When we actively look for the places where the Spirit is on the move, gathering together and using our collective gifts as one body with many members. Let's pray. Loving God, we ask that you would breathe life into our church community. As we gather together and and share our gifts and share our talents, may we bring you glory and may we share your love 
with our neighbors and with this world. We pray these things in your name. Amen.